Welcome to Winning the Game of Life. Known as Jungle Man at the poker table, Dan Cates has gone from being the bag boy at McDonald's with no friends and a dead-end future to winning over $11 million in online poker, over $7 million in live tournaments, and is a World Series of Poker champion. He has found fame, fortune, been to incredible places all over the globe, and connected with some amazing people. It looks like Dan has won the game of life, but that is not the way he sees it. Dan sees winning as doing his part to help everyone in the world win. He knows he can't do it alone, though. He knows it's going to take a collective effort with anyone that wants to see the same thing. Join us each week as Dan starts the conversation to do just that. On the show, Dan will interview incredible individuals that have made the impossible possible. Those that have won the game of life and those that want to help others win as well. Hit subscribe and follow Dan's journey on Instagram at TheDanCates. Let's explore anyone and anything that can help make this world a better place. Increasing the odds of us all winning the game of life. And now, here's your host, Dan Cates. All right, guys, we're back on the on the podcast, and we've got one of the biggest winners of all time, Patrick Antonius. Apparently, the the biggest winner on the tracked online sites. I didn't know this uh, until I uh, looked into it, and also founder of First Land of Poker Flop, um, ambassador as well, and pretty damn good tennis player, and possibly someone who's as Potential for a modeling career if you really wanted Patrick Antonius. Nice introduction, yeah. Thank, <laughs> thanks for the introduction. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing, and poker is poker ended up being my my thing eventually, <laughs> which is good. Uh, what do you mean eventually? Oh, you eventually, after all the things that I did, uh, I started to work at a very young age and, you know, I wanted to play professional tennis and was a little bit working as a model to get some money and whatever, hustling, you know. I didn't know you were actually a model. That's... <laughs> Finally, the poker came to, you know, to generate proper, proper revenue to open, to give me all the, you know, options in my life to travel and meet a lot of people and, you know create this amazing life yeah that's a cool thing about poker is that you don't have to be like the top whatever like 100 in the world to i mean you have to be pretty damn good but there's a lot of room to have a lot of freedom and do kind of all all sorts of things you want to do like there's it's not quite as top heavy as a lot of under other industries yeah and a lot of people don't probably understand how many people play poker in the world. There's over a hundred million people playing poker. Right. Sounds like a really, really high number, right? So there's yeah, what the hell? And poker is and poker is played against other players. So there's gonna be a lot of winning players, a lot of professional players, like there's just a lot of players all over the world just just having a just a life they 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 enjoy, you know, they're making Whatever it is that you pay your bills and mm-hmm. whatever are your goals, but uh, but yeah, it's we're talking about very popular game here that it's I think being underrepresented overall to people. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea myself that there's a hundred million people playing. 
what's your story and how you got started playing poker? How did you, what is, how exactly did you find out about it and transition from it, from tennis or whatever you're doing at the time? Yeah, I mean, it's a long story, obviously, but I'll try, I'll try to keep it really simple and brief. So my first experiences playing card games for money was with my friends when I was 10, 11, something like winning a dollar a day or so on. And then things picked up more when I was 14, 15 as a, at the tennis club. We were practicing a lot of days twice a day. And between the practices, we were playing cards for money. It's not the poker that we know nowadays, but similar, you know, card games for betting and bluffing and so on. It's like more like this five card start what we were playing. And uh, so we enjoyed it. We played it after practices also and got together in some weekends when we didn't have like team matches, league matches, tournaments to play. Mm-hmm. And, but there's been always like breaks. And then eventually, you know, I was living close to Casino Helsinki, which is the only casino that they have a poker room. And I went there when I was 18. I went there when I was 18, but I, I was 19 when I played first time poker there. And I won my first tournament. It was a small tournament, but, you know, some, I don't know, 40, 50 players and 20. It was Finnish mark, so it was like a 20 euro buy-in, $20 buy-in. And I got, I don't know what I got, 300 bucks about. Only three. But that really, yeah, but that really, you know, that was a big inspiration. And, and I was being like, I don't know, I was welcomed very well. Like the dealers, one dealer was telling me that never seen you here. You should really, really look into poker. Like, uh, like and, you know, I was... Nobody needed to motivate me, actually. I had it like, I had a massive motivation deep inside of me. I just loved to, lo- loved to play always. I've always loved to play, and uh, I still remember those days when we played private games with my friends when I was underage, like 17 or 18. And it was the one, of, one of the most nicest time I've had then when I didn't even know that anyone can play poker professionally then. Then, but you know, watching some sports and hanging out and having some beers and you know, teenager life. Those were the good old. So, so huh? but pretty much after after I won the tournament, I still went to do a. Uh, I went to a military, and pretty much one year later, one and a half years later, I started to play professionally. Make make like. What, like two years after something like that? It was 19, you know what? It's crazy. It was 1999, 1999 when I put $200 online first time on this site, 24-hour poker. And I had two months later, I had 30000 or 28000 And then I never looked back like I was... I was uh, I was fully into it and fully motivated. I still went to play college tennis for one semester in USA, but I knew that I would. It was just a life experience for me that, you know, I was already had over a hundred thousand bankroll then and went straight to Vegas then, and and things moved fast those days. Those days, yeah. Yeah, no, you ended up. Uh, I don't know if you're still living there, but uh, you were living in Monaco. Um, Right. Remember 
Yeah, things must have gone pretty well, I imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been in Monaco since 2007. I'm actually at our office right now. First land of poker, our, our the next massive thing for poker. This is our office. <laughs> I'm just here in in a rainy Monaco. It's a it's a rainy rainy cold day today. But um, I've been here. I've been here for a long time. I was actually kind of forced to move out of Finland a long time ago when I started to win money because mm-hmm. poker was so new those days that they didn't have a system for taxes and uh, they were gonna take all my money literally. So I had to just I was forced forced to move out then and then I end up here and you're, it's I've been very. Are you in Costa Rica or where exactly? No, I'm in Monaco, oh. Monte Carlo. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Monaco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's an amazing place, actually. It's one of those places I think that's uh, like like most of the places that people, when they come to see it and visit as a as a tourist, they get a maybe a little bit different picture than what it is really to live live here and so on. Well, like for example, I have I haven't been in the casino here for ten years. I think. Like people always go to see the casino and stuff. Yeah, I haven't really been to the casino myself. So, what is it actually like to live there that people don't see when they're the tourists? Uh, what is? Yeah, the tourists. Well, the tourists see the you know the, all the casino, hotel de Paris, cafe de Paris, all these fancy hotels, restaurants, the fancy cars. There's just a lot of fancy, expensive cars, but there's actually really nice like international community here of smart, successful people, a lot of kids. Um, weather is very good. They have the best international school in in whole Europe based on whatever their rankings or something. And uh, um, it's a very safe place. It's one of those places that if you're young um, or anyone, you don't have to worry for worry about security. There's... There's kind of friendly police and cameras everywhere. And, uh, you know, you can, if you have children, you can, you can relax and they, they can be outside doing things at pretty young age here. And, uh, but for me, it suffers all kind of possibilities of nice living life, like playing tennis outdoors all around the year. Um, nice golf courses. If you want to go to ski, it's just one and a half, two hours away. Nice skiing here. Um, there's nice mountains. I go to run quite often to the mountains or, or hike. It's just beautiful nature and uh, you can get really good food here. The quality of food is really, really amazing. I have all the, everything organic and just, just very clean. Clean uh, sounds sounds a little bit like paradise. Well, it's I'm selling Monaco here, but it's it's for me. It's it's a it's a really nice fit. Uh, um, I like to travel, but it's as a base. It's this is how I would always picture my base as as a place where I just I just have a nice, healthy life. That's that's what I need on. Uh, on the balance of all this, a lot of traveling and playing around the clock, high stakes poker. Well, it must have been a bit of a long road to get there. Uh, I imagine many poker players would uh, 
many aspiring poker players like dream of living this kind of lifestyle that that you live. I imagine you must have had a lot of ups and downs in your career or like some crazy stories. Like I, I remember actually you won uh, the biggest pot um, on the internet also. How much was it for? Uh, yeah, I had the largest pot in uh, online history. It was 2009, so a long time ago. It was 1.3 million and something extra, something like, I don't know how much extra, but a little bit over 1.3 million. Yeah, that was, the gains were very big that year. And there's, there's a lot of parts over half a million um, played that year. It was against the guy you have pl- battled a lot also, Victor Bloom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if that's going to get broken, not with the... Not with the current games, there's no stacks won't get big enough with the current games there is. Well, that's what I thought too. Uh, as of recently, there's been, uh, there was a certain person trying to play 15, 30K limit against me. Uh, yeah. I guess that anyway is strange. He didn't want to play eight. 16k, but he wanted to play 15, 30k. Uh, but there's been some. I mean, they're very niche games. I, I imagine you played some really massive games, maybe bigger than this this online game, haven't you? Or at least ones of similar quality in real life. I've been in some big games once in a while. They happen like they don't seem to last for too long, obviously, because they're so big. But uh... I I, hard, I hardly remember have I played have I at least I have played 20, 10,000, 20,000 but have I played I have to even think of it 20,000, 40,000 you were probably in the game so you could, you could remember a couple, a couple of years ago in Vegas what, what did we play? It was at least 10,000, 20,000 It was 10,000, 20,000 uh, Talal was there, True Teller Opie and yeah. Games though. Yeah, that was that was a big game. But there's been some deep stack PLO sometimes with two thousand, four thousand, eight thousand blinds. That's that's pretty big, big game. But it's bigger than 10, 10, 20. Yeah, that's bigger than ten twenty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing how how big games happen happen in in poker well what are you doing these days um yeah what's uh what motivates you these days are you still motivated to play poker um it seems like it it seems i know you've expanded to flop um maybe like what what is what is that about yeah um yeah, I basically have two things going on. It's poker is always going on, but sometimes less, sometimes more, depending exactly like the current situation in the world, how much can you travel and play. But um, first land of poker, um, um, we're going to have a big year, hopefully. But we need the world to stay open because we're going to do lots of interesting events all over the world. 
Um, so basically, we are a platform and we have multiple products, but our goal is to connect all the poker players and help them to get to right games based on their game preferences, what they want to play and where. So we are, we are helping this thing, which is one of the most complicated things as a poker player to find the right cast games for you, where you are or where you want to go. And also with the poker rooms, we have very intelligent tool to help them, to help the players to create these games and make these games happen. So this is, this is our goal. Um, it's everything, everything is for the players. Everything is, everything is just to, to help, help poker community to grow, to become a better game, easier, easier access, more players will play. There's, there's just a lot of players that they just find it too, too much time consuming and too much effort when they want to play to get to the games. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hustle if you have to drive one hour sometimes to the casino and then you, then you wait there and see if there's players who want to play or there's full game or no game and you have bad experiences. So we want to solve all these things that it won't happen, that all this communication becomes, becomes easy, easy. And so this is kind of our goal, but we have a lot of things. We have built also... Um, a GTO tool, e-learning tool, where anyone can anyone can go and improve their fundamentals of poker. You are aware of these these tools for sure. So it's you know you get you get the kind of game theory optimal solutions on on every situation, and especially pre-flop is is very important that you will know, and you will also see that how what what value does every hand have in every situation preflop which is very important it's to me it's even more important than understanding the range because some hands are so marginal that it the program says that you should raise this hand but you got to adjust based on the the game you are playing and the situation and sometimes you can raise hands that are out of the range if it's also if the game allows you to play those, but but it's a it's a very very good tool that you can see how much you would win averagely with this hand, how many big blinds, or what is the real value. So we have so we have this. If you haven't looked into it, it's flop flop GTO. So you just you just Google flop GTO and it will take you to where you need to go and and you can test it for free. I, I didn't expect you to be the kind of guy who would uh, be uh, talking about game theory so much. I always imagined you were like more of like a live reads kind of guy and uh, soul reading and stuff. Well, that's what that's I what I am. <laughs> that's what I am. You're right, a soul reader. But of course, I understand that you have to have good, you have to have good fundamentals in poker. I mean, this is this is just a a basic thing that everyone must understand. And if you play a long, long, if you play 10 years of poker or you, you play hundreds of thousands, millions of hands, 
you're gonna you're gonna have it figured out pretty close. I think what is the what are the preflop hand rages on on those situations. But uh, it's it's a really good way to learn, especially as a beginner, mediocre player, and advanced players are are you know they they know their stuff, what they have to work on, and, and but it's still very beneficial for. For anyone, I mean, I, I I got a lot of benefits from this tool when I played this uh, 25k heads up uh, WPT 25k heads up championship last summer. Really? Because I'm not I'm not used to playing no limit hold'em heads up with uh, shallow and short stacks. And once you play these tournaments, you know the stacks are gonna get shallow and short when when you know blinds go higher and higher or one of the players are going to be be shorter and i didn't really know how to play with 15 20 10 big blinds heads up no limit hold'em or 25 i had to go to this tool and start looking at the ranges what i'm supposed to three bet all in or what am i supposed to play and so i was using it a lot before the tournament and and it, I had a lot of lot of situations came up that I was going fully on the GTO principle there, hmm. and I came second. <laughs> I beat four good players, so it worked. Yes. <laughs> guy, guy who made it uses it, and got second. Yeah, you yeah, got second overall. But did you? Yeah, you used it when you got heads up, or did you use it before that? I just started to use it before the, before the tournament because oh, okay. it. All right. Because it, it's for hits. We have we have all kind of tools. We have six handed, nine handed, eight handed. We have hits up. We have cast games, tournaments for anything. But you know, like if you go to my leagues, my least least like um, good skills in poker. It's not. Uh, it's all about this kind of short and shallow stacks. Um, playing with 20 big blinds, 15, 10. This is because it becomes very mathematical. There's not so much what you can read about your opponent and you know how it is. And this is uh, yeah. this is something that I never worked on on my game previously too much. And not really. So if I want to play, so if I want to play these, you know, high roller tournaments, I need to still improve on all these 30 big blinds and less yeah. less playing. Deep stacks is where it's at. That's where all the the bluffing and the reading your opponents and the soul reads and uh, bravado and the, you name it happens. That's need more of that stuff. Yeah, that's another world. That's that's our world. Like plus like point one BB per hand because you shoved the 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 just perfect right combo and then shove the king six offsuit uh, on the. Uh, or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not really savvy with that stuff. Um, bef- I've got a couple more questions about flop, uh, but I just remembered actually one really big hand you played. If you remembered in, I think it was the Aussie Millions, I remember in a limped pot, uh, do you remember this hand against Doug Polk when he like he like raised all in with Two pair or something like this. Yes, I forget yes. what happened this hand, but I remember this was like 
I don't know if this was a soul read hand or not. How well do you remember this hand? It was like a I remember, for like I remember or something. I do remember it very well. It was a very big pot. I think it was like 600k pot or at least it was very. He made a massive a check raise on the river. Um, yeah, it was. It's it's funny how these kind of hands. There's a lot of like. Many times there's something more into it. And uh, I wasn't like in the best place with that hand, how it happened, because I was, I was losing on some side bets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just lost like a couple hundred thousand on side bets just like uh, in the last 10, 15 minutes. I was a bit rattled. Yeah. Um, like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking so clearly. But I remember how the hand went, how it duck poked clean from the small blind. I just checked and the flop came something. Uh, um, I know you had a I flopped, I flopped the straight. It was 7-6-4 or something. I had 5-8, I think. Yeah. So something like that. And, he, and uh, I, I don't remember the flop or turn action, actually. But I remember the re- Huh? The board paired. I know that. I think he had six seven. In the yes, the board. The board paired on the river. And and I I made under the river. I made a, kind of an oversized bet. I think I bet seventy k to fifty k pot or something like that. And it, and the one card I don't know what came. I forgot, but. You know, it's easy to say afterwards. It's easy when I was right that, yes, I got a read from him, right? Mm-hmm. But I really, the only reason I called is was because of the read that he was very extremely nervous for some reason. But I didn't know that, you know, that there's some players that they get when they have the best hand. So I didn't really know what was going on with, with Doc. I, I just saw that he wasn't comfortable, but it doesn't always mean that, you know, you're bluffing. So it's not, it's not the easiest thing to always analyze what's your read, but that was the eventually the, you know, I, I knew that it was, I knew that I had only a bluff catcher. My, my, suddenly my, my straight on the river looks, look like it's, it's just only going to beat the bluff that there's a full house against or nothing. And, also, it helped that I knew, I knew that from uh, previous history, like I knew that Duck is the guy that's, you know, he will he has balls to make these kind of plays and he will do it if the time is right with the right blockers and so on. So, that is definitely- you, know, this, you know, this helps, helps because there's not too many players that will check raise 300,000 on the river as a bluff or 250, whatever it was. Very true. Well, yeah, it takes quite some... I mean, especially for that. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like that big of an overbat. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be really hard to call. Um, that's actually that's actually one of the most important skills. What I what you learn as a high stakes poker player or or a poker player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if every everyone learns this, but this is one of the yeah one of the most important skills is that you will. You will learn with your human interaction between other players um, that 
what are what are they capable of doing and it's very important to know the limits how far is certain player willing to go regarding like playing comfortable or or not and there's just a lot of players that they they won't be able to pull that like a hundred thousand check race bluff on the river just because it's 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 just they're too uncomfortable they're afraid that they're gonna get you know opponents gonna read them and they get too nervous or or so on but there's there's a lot of different strategies how you build your game how you approach the game how you're gonna play it mm-hmm. um and and everybody is playing differently everybody has their tendencies their you know what they're more likely to do or less and and uh, but it's really important to know that what are the what, what is everyone what are their kind of abilities abilities and it's i don't know it's it's uh, it's uh, you know you know what i'm talking about that it's it, this is going to make a massive difference with uh, playing hands against your opponents you just know that uh, you know you got to know your foe is that how you, you get or that's all I actually. You gotta. You gotta know your. <laughs> know know what your foe can do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. It's also interesting how. How. Uh, how different personalities can play so differently in poker. Like you can be. You can be a very conservative player person but then you can play poker like a maniac or it can be another other way around you can be a crazy person doing all kind of wild stuff and then you play poker like the most conservative player and it's it's interesting how um plays do you find that a lot of people are like that in that they play in different ways that that their personality actually is. There's there's quite a few. Um, uh, uh, but do you think it's the norm, or do you think it's uh, not in, in the middle, or do you think it's against the norm? It's not the norm, but I see it a lot on uh, on high, high stakes um, high stakes players. That wow, you know, like. But you get a lot of this kind of, a lot of this kind of actually, like you get a lot of information on the poker table based on just the small body language uh, or facial expressions to, regarding anything like how how person is thinking. There's a, I think there's a multiple different levels of thinking in poker, and eventually it can become very psychological, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that, but. It's not the norm, but it's you see it happening sometimes, and it's kind of funny to me. It's funny, <laughs> you know. I have a theory. I think that most beginning players will show their character pretty often when they play poker, but the high stakes players will differ. Uh, the more experience they have, they'll start to differ. But I'm not 100% sure on that. I just think that people are more likely to change themselves with more effort and that sort of thing. Um, but I'll let you 
uh, confirm or deny that. I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, I've also noticed a lot of very rich people tend to uh, play a little wilder and more creative than people who are just starting, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's all kind of players. There's all kind of... You're going to see it. You're going you're gonna to experience it all. Yeah. What else would you say is some are some of the most important traits for a poker player to be successful? I mean, not just actually when I when playing poker, but in terms of, uh, you know, like managing themselves, that kind of thing. Because you probably have lots of, I imagine you have lots of life experience and you've also seen different sides of people with all the poker business you've done and you've seen how poker has evolved over the last decade and, and longer since 2009 or 2000, even before that, actually. Um, so what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I can... I can talk from my own experience. Um, so this is at least what happened to me. And I think this happens uh, to quite a few players that once you get into poker, it takes certain certain period of time that you will look at poker as a card game. What, what do I have? What's the flop? How do you play building a strategy? Um, so you learn to you 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 have to practice this game to play this game just to understand the game. So you understand all the you know what hands to play, what what hands not to play, what is the kind of average hand in every situation, and so on. So I think it goes that the first year of playing, it's really really focusing to the mastering the game, the strategy behind. But then. But then things are going to change a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Then what's going to happen is that now you know how to play and it becomes a game that's, well, when you're playing, you're performing. And and now this comes all these challenges that you have to learn. You have to learn exactly how to manage yourself. And there's just... I think life is already pretty complex thing for people to have balance regarding whatever you do and your how you are living living life. But um, what poker will teach you is that it you will get to know yourself. That's that's just my that's my view of things. So. You get to know yourself because you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to see that how you react in different situations. You're literally winning or losing every day when you're playing. So there's always, if you are an emotional person, there's always emotions. When you're winning, you're feeling like this. When you're losing, you lost, you're feeling like this. Um, so what happened with me is that I... I uh, well, I started to win a lot and very quickly. And I was playing also like crazy amount of hours, like 12 hours a day for maybe six years straight in my earlier career. And, uh, and I was analyzing a lot, but, but um, you really get to know yourself deep inside. And why? Because you're going you're gonna to play 
um, it becomes a game that you know how to play. You have all the skill to play, but now you have to give yourself the best pass, best possibility to play your best. So you have to kind of do everything outside of poker properly so you can really focus and play your best. Uh, it's not on the earliest levels when people... Now it's more about if you go to the lowest limits, like some $100, $200 buy-ins, it's, it's, this is, doesn't really apply to those games so much when it's just as long as you just play like any kind of decent fundamental poker, you're okay. But, uh, but then if, if you go a little bit higher on the level, you learn just that if you lose your focus for some particular reason, for just two minutes, something comes and the next thing you know that you're in a, you're not fully in the present moment and you made a bad bluff or you, you made a call that you couldn't see, you couldn't see your opponent's state of mind that he was not going to bluff you in that spot, for example, or you missed some hand from previously. So you're just going to pay a lot of money for a lot of mistakes, like, for example, playing hand when you're on the phone or online, like I used to be on the phone and then I looked like, how is it possible? I, every time I lose when I'm on the phone for 10 minutes and suddenly I've lost 50K or, or so on, or there's a lot of things you can do, obviously like this. There's just a lot of things that can, you know, what you're going to learn about yourself that, that how you're feeling. Obviously like we if you sleep good, and you do some exercising and you're eating well, all these things are going to make you more, more like feeling good and being alert and, and focusing on the game. Um, uh, but basically, yeah, it's, you don't, you're not, you don't have a coach. There's nobody to tell you what to play, when to play, when to quit. Yeah. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know your skill except you. So you really have to be, go deep inside of yourself and be uh, truly honest with yourself. You have to, only you will know that how do you win and how do you lose? Like you can go two months period when you played bad, but you won. Or you can have a two months period when you played amazing, but you lost a lot. And, and you have to understand that the results are not uh, always, always the, uh, coming, coming based on your, your performance and so on. And it's a very tough you – as a poker player, you're in a tough spot. Like, there's nobody really who's going to do those things to you. Only you can know what – what what are your strengths, weaknesses, and how you're gonna manage yourself, and how many times you're gonna experience something that is hurting you, that until you really change your behavior, like a lot of people, for example, I mean, they obviously they're on their cell phones. <laughs> cell phones when they're playing, this is the new thing that people don't have any attention. They have no focus. They cannot just look at when other players play and and be on their kind of, you know, zone in this way, they're missing a lot of information. So they're on their phones all the time. What happens? You're, what happened if you... You're, you're like giving me feedback because indirectly, because I'm like on my phone all the fucking time. 
Unless it's a really big game. But, but, uh, but every, everybody's different. This is just obvious things that obviously it's better if you would watch how they play and so on. Yeah. But you got to know yourself. Like it might not bother you. You might be... A, you might be able to just look around all the time and pay attention when it really matters and so on. And also like regarding relationships, you know, you might, you might have a girlfriend that I don't know, she's bothering you, texting you about some, some stuff, whatever it is that gets some kind of attention of your emotions or anything like that. And you're in a poker game and suddenly there comes a, some other other things, emotional things that shouldn't come when, while you're playing for big money. Or, but some people are okay with that. Some people are not. They, they, it shakes their state of mind of, of playing. Because at the end of the day, like poker is really, it's all about just making right decisions uh, at the moment. And there's no really right or wrong like you can play these hands in multiple different ways just based on your opponent and um, but we have this thing like it's it's really like I feel like I've been mastering myself that I've been you know I've been doing different kind of sports I've been doing different things and I see what what hurts me what how am I feeling the you know, physically and mentally the best when I'm playing. Like sometimes I've been training too hard doing sports and then I'm tired for the rest of the day in a poker. So that's not good. Obviously I've done it way too much. And I finally, I changed it that no hard training the day I'm playing very big poker games. I just do some. It sounds like you're saying it's really important to be aware of like what affects you and what you're, and to be aware to make, aware to well like you said to be honest with yourself to not only well not only not only to be honest with yourself but put in the changes to mm, put in your best foot forward and put in the right practices to make the best decisions would you say that's accurate yes yeah it's we're all different but you really kind of you're gonna go on a journey to Find out really about yourself what works for you. Mm-hmm. What works for you, like people do all different things to get in the right state of mind. Some people don't need to sleep so much. Some people do. Some people need some kind of like physical activity. Some people just meditate or read. Uh, some people can just do all kind of stressful things and go to play and they can be fine. It's we have different different brains in, in this way, but you are getting an instant feedback every day you play. Like sometimes, you know, everything is good, but why did you play bad? So we play, we, you're, you, in theory, you're one of the best players in the world. You know everything that you need to know in order to play optimal poker. And then you go and you make play bad one of the days. You You just made a wrong bluff at the wrong time. You just didn't feel it. You made a bad call. Then somehow you didn't pay attention and you, you played some hand that got you into trouble and you got bluffed into some spot because 
you play, you, you were not supposed to even be in this spot. So these kind of things happen. And then you can just look into that. Why, why today I, I was playing like shit? Why, like, what did I do? Was it, was it that I had two more drinks yesterday more than I was supposed to? And then, you know, today I was kind of feeling like worse than normal. And, and, you know, was it that, or was it the thing that's, your girlfriend was yelling at you this morning that she just like started your day bad or something and whatever it is, but it's, it's all about really that how you're going to be in the poker table, feeling happy and grateful and just paying attention and, and just giving yourself chance to play your best. This is, this is so, I think poker really teaches you that you will try a lot of different things and and find out what you really like and what makes you feel good and uh and and this is really i would say a big part of big part of like uh being successful because there's really amazing amount of talent out there that they they are just not able to play professionally because they're not able to manage themselves properly hmm. they go and get drunk and they lose their bankroll all the, all the time or they they play on when they're in a bad state of mind in wrong games. You know, their ego might be so big that they they just cannot be honest with themselves on their true level. So they're playing against better players all the time. And and all these kind of things. This is nobody's gonna know and tell you what to play and when to quit and all these things. It's a, there's a, so many more very important skills in, in poker that goes outside. Yeah. Would you say it sounds like uh, emotional intelligence is really a big key in poker. Not only that, but also the ability to manage your money and not make just uh, dis- stupid decisions and um, and uh, yeah, this kind of thing. I'm trying to think what else. Um, yeah, exactly. Like e- even like when you t- think of. A lot of players who make their first like kind of bigger money that they're not used to. That's another like emotional step that a lot of people don't know how to manage money at all. When they get money, they start behaving totally different and they start spending money like they have like unlimited money and and you know like people have all kind of leaks, all kind of leaks, and this happens in all kind of fields, obviously. But in poker, you really see, you just see that. Result also, I mean, I have to add that it's, 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 uh, in poker, you will learn that only the hard work will get you there. Only hard work. Like, do you know, I don't know one player who just got lucky, got lucky that played just a little bit and just suddenly amazing talent became a great player and he's crossing some big games. I mean, people can. People can go for a short, nice run, but but uh, you really have to put a lot of hard work in. But when I say hard work, I think people, even that, they can take it differently. That it's something hard work is something that is not, it's not fun to do. Like hard work is just that you got to play a lot. Start playing poker. You got to play, play, play. People don't understand how much you have to play to really get enough hands in. That's that you are, you know. They don't nearly understand how many hands 
so easy to yeah one thing personally i found uh, regarding emotional intelligence and being honest with yourself is it's really easy to get swayed and i see this all the time actually in live poker it's really easy to get swayed by the upswings and the downswings and feel confident i personally think that people feel confident uh, when when they ne shouldn't necessarily be that it's easy to be overconfident or underconfident uh, when you know the, the variance of especially live poker is really wild um, and it takes a really long time to play all those hands but you're right I think like that's a big part of of the hard work it's not quote-unquote hard all the time I mean there's an aspect of that too like if you hate studying sims that's gonna be hard but you do have to play a lot to be successful yeah. that's that's a million percent true and there, every single person no one, no one really gets lucky and retains it, or it's very rare. Let's say, like, once of tournaments and didn't play a ton at some point, basically. There's no real extreme success like that. Yeah. I mean, people, of course, in poker, people can get lucky in tournaments. Like, you play a satellite and then you get, you win the whole thing and, like, Chris Moneymaker and you didn't know how to play really on a professional level. Even of course, this is. This is getting lucky, but you don't get lucky of becoming a good poker player. <laughs> you know, like this is, this is, this you cannot get lucky. Suddenly, you know, with no work playing 100,000 hands and you're like, a, you know, you're like, <laughs> but even like, like him but, and like Jamie Gold and these kinds of people, they lost a lot of money back. There aren't too many examples of people that did that and they realized, or they realized, okay, I'm not that good. And then like stuff some away. I think there are a couple examples, but their names elude me. Um, I mean, in that sense, poker is really cool because it's pretty representative of a merit meritocracy to a close degree. Whereas this isn't really seen in the real world that often. I think maybe, maybe actually, do you think it's seen in the business world? Because you know, as someone who's started your own business, and I want to ask a little bit more about that. Uh, what do you think about? Do you think the skills of poker transition transition over to business and you think there's justice in the business world yeah that's an interesting question um that's an interesting question i mean poker you're gonna learn a lot about it's a game of people um i think i i think you you you're going to see a lot of different personalities and, and, uh, just a lot of different behavior behavior with people. Uh -huh. And, and you're going to learn kind of like different characters and so on. I, you, you, you get better with people for sure. For sure. You get that, but, I mean, poker is, I mean, what is the really skill of poker is that you need to make decisions and sometimes very complex decisions and big decisions under a really short period of time under like we're talking about 30 seconds or one minute. And this is like for also for a very big money can be, can be life changing money for some, some people. And you have to make that decision really fast, really quickly. So you're, you're going to be under a lot of pressure. How well, how clearly you can think, 
how 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 clear you can think under a lot of pressure for big money to make to make those decisions this is this is a this is the this is a poker poker player skill but so i see like a difference with myself that i'm good at that i'm good at feeling what's happening right now i'm prepared for this moment my opponent is betting this much i i'm just like tuned in to right, right now and i have that 30 seconds to make my decision or sometimes longer can have a couple minutes but I feel like in business you can just you know analyze and think about things for days or weeks or months if you have any kind of you know options what what your company is gonna do do next or so on and mm-hmm. uh, for me I don't see like those are completely different kind of skills to me uh, but you get you get good with people and. I mean, obviously, you get all the all the things like you get you get that hard work that you know that only hard work is is what's gonna what's gonna take you there a lot of hours. Um, but you tell me, I mean, obviously, poker is a very intelligent game where you combine, you know, mathematics, statistics, statistics, behavior and psychology and you have to all that put together in in a game of game of cards versus emotions always always there's always moving things always different thing you know some people are winning some losing how much some less tournaments there always things are changing so you have to you have to you kind of become a master for adjusting so i see this with poker players it's a it's a very good uh, characteristic to me that we don't worry about too much. I think regarding like anything, you can just take an example as a, I don't know, going for holiday. Some people stress a lot and we just, I feel like a lot of poker players were very good, very good at adjusting to a lot of different situations. We're used to do that with poker. You don't get too emotionally attached when your chips go from high to low, mm-hmm. okay, it's a new situation. Let's just make the best out of this. Yeah, be so we have this kind of huh? So this kind of thing, I think, is a is a very good. Uh, um, I do think, uh, yeah, equanimity. Yeah. I think is the word. Uh, that that's something you really learn from poker, like, um, which is pretty unique in that. It's kind of hard to learn that. I think it takes longer to learn business, but I'm not really sure. Uh, but there aren't so many things that you really learn that. I guess potentially sports, as it turns out, by the way, uh, the latest consensus among experts is that sports actually, and potentially games, I guess, but I'm not sure about that, uh, is something that uh, impacts learning the most. Uh, Who would have thought? Um, but I think it's for reasons such as that, that they learn, people learn equanimity and just to, you know, take what you have and do it, do the best with it sort of thing. Um, so I have to, I have to ask what, uh, uh, what inspired you to make flop? What, uh, cause this seems like very different yeah. than 
poker. Uh, it good, sounds like good question. Well, go ahead. Good question is actually my very personal experiences, uh, what I have experienced and what lots of my, I don't know, friends, colleagues that I know um, have been experiencing. And uh, like, for example, it was a very big wake up call here in Monaco for me when I, I know one of the, one of the largest losers in the history of uh, online poker. And he wants to play sometimes in can some live games. And we've had even tough times with him to get games some, sometimes going on because just the fact that we don't have enough players who are connected to each other. And he would call my friend and my friend, friend would call me and I would call another guy and another guy and we would try to get this game going. And the same thing in London also. He would go a couple of times just to play and he doesn't get a game going just because there's no... There's no system. These poker rooms, they're just they're waiting for players to come to play. We come at different times. We want to play different game sizes. And uh, eventually, like, he kind of quit playing because he didn't want to drive one hour to can and just wait if there's going to be a game or not or, or if there was going to be a full game. Like, we had to organize the game with each other to get enough players to make sure we get we have a game. <laughs> going and uh but what inspired so, you to take this so, make this app uh, so yeah so i mean i obviously i saw that it's it's something that we really need in in uh everywhere around the world we need uh we need to solve this problem one way or the other and i mean we don't have to solve it but if we want to have more be- more games and better games for everyone who wants to play. Mm-hmm. That's that's more optimal solution. Uh, so basically, this. I mean, I wasted myself probably you know I don't know thousands of hours in my life. Even have to drive sometimes over speed when I <laughs> want to get the last seat on the game, or or you know I'm just getting a message from someone that hey we're gonna start to play, or I'm calling a poker room desk. There's just a massive problem with communication hmm. and, and also with the poker rooms, with the poker rooms and with the players. So what we want to do is we, we just want to connect players. It's a platform on our application that you will find players around you who want to play the same games. We will connect you. And, and it's all up to you that... You can even go to play with these players, private games or in the poker room. But optimally, poker room is always the safe, the best place to play. Play, but um, but this is it's. I'm really like passionate about this in the way that this is this is something that also will kind of clean up a little bit poker's image to me. Like I would like to have a better service. I would like to have a more modern technology that, wow, I have a game this evening at eight o'clock that I can can just go and have a dinner with my family and at eight o'clock I go, I don't have to stress and and hustle and call anyone and be there early. Like, so I see this as a, as a just elevating the 
image of poker also. Like you take someone who doesn't know anything about poker, you take him to a poker room somewhere and they're gonna, they might be that, oh, wow, this looks like a little bit like an underground thing, right? Mm-hmm. It depends in, It depends where you are in the world. Like obviously USA has amazing card rooms with good service. You know, there is very good things, but it's not the, it's not the case in, 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 in everywhere. And also, also for them, they have the communication problem with the, with the players and the poker rooms and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not just that. I mean, it's one step to talk about what the problems are. I'm, uh, I'm asking what, uh, what made you decide that you were the person who was going to fix this? Let's put it that way. Or what made you decide you know what? Enough yeah. now. We're, we're this at, and I'm sick of these communication problems. And well, I don't know if that's how I would feel personally, but yeah, your, uh, your whatever motivated you was different. Um, that's, that's what I'm curious. It sounds like there's many ways that this applies, to well, but what personally motivated you? What was the impetus? Well, I have to th- say there was a couple people also around me that that um, kind of triggered my motivation. But I, I don't know, I had this, I still remember the moment when I was, a lot of my kind of creative good ideas, they come right after my training for some reason. Hmm. I don't know why. After I'm finished training and I'm walking home or something, I, I get a lot of ideas that I don't normally get. And I, this just, I don't know, this just came to me out of nowhere. And it came as a, like a kind of like a, it really stopped me with the energy that, that this is really needed. Like I got to do this. Um, also, I know I'm good friends with the one, uh, one person who's a, um, he's a CEO and one very big tech company. Um, so he, I've been exchanging with him a lot regarding just IT and and business and so on. And he he kind of uh, he kind of kind of got me to think about poker. That where we are what, regarding the technology, also back in the day. So I guess a little bit credit to him to kind of kind of like got my mind there, but. But since, since I really saw, I mean, I saw this problem so long already and I didn't do anything about it. I waited so long, but now we've been three years developing all this, uh, all the, all the tools that how we can, we can overcome this, this kind of problem. And, uh, now it's looking nice, nice, but, uh, I feel like if I don't, if I wouldn't do this, uh, somebody else would have done it at some point. That's how I feel. Okay. Uh, well, good for you for trying. It sounds like having the right people next to you and the right uh, creative ideas, but definitely the first steps are really the steps that people tend not to take in my opinion. So kudos for that. Um, I personally would have had like some kind of emotional outburst internal outburst myself of sorts where I, I just think this has to be solved but uh we're all different i guess but 
definitely kudos for making uh, attempting to solve this problem. We need more people that are actually doing that. And I think that is one of the steps towards, um, uh, well, like helping the world, to be honest, to giving some kind of contribution. I believe you're, are you also involved in uh, charity or have some interest in that domain? Or that's what I believe is correct. I don't know too much detail about this. Yeah, I can tell that right now I'm not involved with any charity, mm-hmm. but I have a big place in my heart for this. And I have made a deal. I have made a deal with myself mm-hmm. that if my company, First Land of Poker, will become a successful company, that we will be involved with charity a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. Uh, it's something that I... I have made a promise to myself, and this is this is something that it uh, has come to like. For some reason, I have this kind of need need to fix things that I I think there's problems. Like this. Yeah. for one second, just one second. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about charity, so it's... You were saying you had a big in your heart for... I I want to be involved. I want to be involved. I've had... When I look at my life, I've just been... It's been so much going from place to place and doing things, and uh, I never really stopped and took my time and see, like, how does this charity work and all these things and how you can help the most like I don't know, efficient way mm-hmm. and uh, for some somehow I don't believe in like giving money money to certain charities like I want to see the result and I would like to really you know I, I think there's been a lot of bad experiences in the past with oh. the money not going going exactly what is needed and so on yeah and yes. there's some problems but like for example you have I've seen that you've done amazing things that you go by yourself all the way to the places where you're donating, helping them. And this is something I would also wanna, want to do. Uh, that I would really want to go and make sure that to see, you know, that the money is everything is, is going to the right, right things. But what I believe myself is that I, I just think that we, we just need to, we need to do our best to just provide the basic needs for everyone everywhere, just like, you know, clean water, running water, education. Just- it's funny you mention all these things because everything you're mentioning is exactly what I'm working on. The focus, actually the main focus, we're going to shift more towards education for multiple, multiple reasons, but focusing on basic needs, um, also charity, um, how should I say, charity uh, tours so you can tour the area and have a good experience. Um, I forget what else you mentioned, but almost everything you mentioned was like right up my alley. And also verifying that results go to the places where they should and what's maximum impact, which is actually a really big question, by the way. Um, But so you know, by you starting a business, you actually do more impact than charity as it turns out, because 
it's a, it's a little bit complicated, but basically people need to work for stuff beyond like certain needs and this kind of thing. Um, and creating businesses happens to be better than better for the world than, uh, than pure charity. It has to, it has to be strategic. So again, kudos because there's not that many people actually doing that and taking those kinds of steps forward. And if you do get involved in these other kinds of purposes, um, the world and I thank you. Yeah, I'll be happy to, I'll be really happy to be involved in the future. Hopefully we can do stuff together regarding that. Yeah. And yeah, and, and just the way how I see it, like, I feel like you go too far if you trying to like, I don't know, give people something else. Like as long as they have the, you know, opportunities to, to, um, to go further in their life, to study and work and just, you know, have help, have all that things that, you know, clean water and just enough food and all these things, then they're going to do what they want. But I don't believe in like doing too much things. You don't know what people want to do in different parts of the world, but they need the basic, they need the basic uh, needs as a human just to be healthy. And then, then you do, they do, they create the life starts from there. For sure. They create what they want. And definitely they need to have the right opportunities. Is there any, well, that's a bigger topic. Um, that I'll be diving in a lot on the whole, and hopefully you join me and we work together in some kind of way uh, related to all that. But is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Hmm. No, I'm good. I'm good. I think uh, I think we covered a lot of covered a lot of things. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. It's important for everyone who plays poker just to download our application first land of poker and why because all i'm asking is to download it and create an account and put your game preferences and this is going to help us a lot so if everyone puts their game preferences which means that you put what games you prefer to play if it's no limit hold'em or hot limit omaha or something else and also the game sizes and now also you can put your favorite casinos or poker rooms, what, where you would like to play. So this, is, this helps us that we get, we know more players around the world. So now we can connect all of us better. And it's going to also help us to, to connect with the poker rooms around the world more because um, it's just for, the, for, for us to... Um, just for us to go to different, different uh, geolocations, different countries, and we can show that we have this many players around, then it's easier to work with the poker rooms with them. So this is, we need the players, player support is, is, um, is important for us. And, and it will always be free for the players. So we're just trying to offer you the best service we can. Just, it's all for free and and uh, this is, it's, it's a very ambitious goal, what we have. But for some reason, I'm really confident that it's going to, 
it's going to help us all of us and it's this is going to happen that you will be able to create your games with your friends in the poker room for today or for tomorrow or join another game that somebody else is creating or or join a join a game right now that is going and you have whatever 30 minutes time to go but also that you will you will really have good experiences as a as a as a poker like we will we will also help on the part that the games will be good for everyone we will have like a system that you can rank other players only based on like how much do you like to play with him so if somebody is really misbehaving for example he will get low ranked a lot and 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 we want suggest for him suggest him to these games that uh, are being created and so on like like uh, it, but it's really it's really a uh, it's really something that that uh, i believe that we will have great poker games around the world for everyone it's it's a uh, it, it will it will happen <laughs> so so just download the flop first land of poker and, and make a put your game preferences and that's all i'm asking and that's going to help us at the moment quite a bit all right guys patrick antonius one of the legends of poker and one of the biggest the biggest official winner online and um future changer of the landscape of poker guys uh thanks for watching thanks for having me on or thanks for being on the podcast patrick and giving us your time Thanks, Daniel. Always a pleasure with you. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Winning the Game of Life. Tune in next week for another great episode. Of course, hit subscribe and follow Dan on Instagram at the Dan Cates. 